7, and we're going to focus on verse 7 primarily. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, that was through Christ, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm going to pray one more time. Father, we pray that You would open our hearts, our minds, our spirits, God, and You would speak to us by the power of the Holy Ghost through Your Word today. Impart to us, God, what You desire to impart to us through Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. In verse 7, it says, if, if we walk in the light, and the Bible has a lot of ifs in it. You know, if we confess our sins, if we, uh, if we then be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. There's a lot of different ifs. If any man will come after me, Jesus said in Matthew 16, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And here's another if, because it's not mandatory in the sense that, uh, that we're all robots and we're compelled, like we talked about the Thanksgiving offering. If we walk in the light, and He's speaking to believers here, I can be a believer and there can be certain points or times in my life when I'm not walking in the light as He is in the light, as my Savior is in the light. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's not something that has to be forced. It does take some effort on our part to reach out and get beyond ourselves uh, to fellowship with others, but it's not something that's forced or contrived or man manufactured. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Back in verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, this is John speaking, who walked with the Lord, one of that inner circle of the Lord, of those three disciples especially, Peter, James, and John, that walked so closely with the Lord, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. I remember reading this example, and I've shared it before, from uh, A.W. Tozer, uh, and I believe it's in his book. I'm not sure which book, but I think The Pursuit of God. But he talks about uh, Christian unity. And I remember did a series about a year ago on uh, uh, the characteristics of a healthy church. I think there were eight different parts. It started with Christ, it ended with Christ, but somewhere in the middle we talked about a, a healthy church is a unified church. We're going to be in unity. It doesn't mean we're always perfect, but it, but it does mean that we're uni there's a unity of the Spirit. Okay? A unity of the Holy Spirit. It's not a man-made man unity where I'm just going to cross any bridge no matter what the compromise and make a unity and fellowship with you or you with me. We're all going to be unified around the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit and our unity is going to be found in this Word right here. We're all going to meet there. 
Okay? And A.W. Tozer gave the example. He says, if you had 100 pianos in a room, okay, that would be a big room, but if you had 100 pianos in a room and everyone was in perfect tune to the tuning instrument, all right, every piano has been individually tuned to the perfect standard of the tuning instrument, then naturally, without any effort, all of those pianos would be in tune with one another, right? That's a wonderful thing. It's a simple truth, but it's a very good picture. And John says that, that we, I've written these things unto you. I know the Lord. I walk with the Lord. You know the Lord. He's saying, and I've written these things unto you that your fellowship may be with us. And truly our fellowship is with God the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So we're talking today about um, to have true fellowship with the Lord and certainly with other believers. Now we see it all the time where people will compromise the faith or they compromise doctrine, they compromise their uh, morals or something in order, even as believers, to, to have fellowship with another group of people that calls themselves believers. We see it all the time. It's not of the Lord. That's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about true fellowship with God that is going to also bring fellowship with others. How do we get there? What's the path to get there? Uh, and, and we're going to talk about this today. If we will walk and live in the light of Jesus Christ, the person of Christ, I call him a person, but you understand what I mean. The, the Son, Jesus Christ. If we'll walk in His light, we're going to see clearly and our fellowship is going to be true spiritual fellowship with the Lord. It's going to be with Almighty God. It's going to be true fellowship that God intends for His people to have. And our path will always be clear. People wonder what direction to take through life. Even as Christians, we wonder, what's the next step for my life? How will I know the way, the right direction to take? And if we're, keep, if we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, and it seems like we've been on this theme for several weeks now, I don't apologize for it. It's what the Lord continues to give me. But our path through life is going to be clear. And we're going to know uh, where to go. You're going to know where to go. We've had three weddings in our church recently. I think it's amazing for a church our size. It's been wonderful. But probably all six of you that just got married, some point in your life said, will I ever get that person? And if, how will I know that they're the right one? That's a universal question. I ask myself, how will I know that's the one? And your parents would inevitably, I'll get that out, say, you'll just know. Okay, the Lord shows you. Well, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep our eyes on the Lord day in and day out, and we're seeking him first in his kingdom, and his righteousness, and we're in love with the Lord and loving the Lord. I can promise you our path is going to be lit up and clear the way that we should go. It doesn't have to be very complicated. Uh, should I switch jobs right now? Uh, should I switch majors in college? Where should I go to college? I was offered a scholarship here, but I really want to go here. All those kind of things are answered. Where to go, what to do, how to pray, uh, how to seek the Lord. We'll always be on the right path if we're walking in the light as He is in the light. Always be. We'll always be moving in the right direction too. It's not just the path. Like I said, we're a road map. It is a road map through the Bible. There's also a direction. We're going from here to there. 
We're going a very specific direction. We're not just wandering around through life. Like Sherry talked about in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We're not just wandering and flailing around and floundering through life. We're going from here to there. We're on a course. We're running the race that's set before us. How looking, we talked about it last week. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. And I have the light of Christ all around me. And, you know, revealing things to my mind and my heart and my spirit and lighting up the path. We'll always be lined up. If I'm walking in the light as he is in the light, I'll always be lined up with the Lord and with his will. You don't ever want to be crossways, so to speak, to the Lord. I don't care if it seems right, there's a bigger paycheck this way or whatever it is. You don't ever want to be contrary to the Lord and His perfect will. And that's, that's the striving, right? That's the, the desire and, and the working is to keep ourselves there. The Lord keeps us, but you know what I mean. To keep ourselves on that path to where I'm always in God's perfect will. That's the safest place to be. That's the most blessed place to be. It's the most wonderful place to be. That's where we need to be and then to remain. There's no point in my life where I need to get out of God's will. Not even for a little while. Have I done it before? Absolutely. Every time I sin, I step out of God's will, even if it's for five seconds. Okay, and come back. Maybe for times in our life we've taken little detours uh, and, and the Lord's brought us back. <clears throat> but we, the, the goal is to run the race set before us with patience, looking unto Jesus. I want to stay there. And the way we're going to stay there as a pattern is going to be by the unction of the leading of the Holy Spirit. That means I need to be not only saved and the Holy Ghost lives in me, I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and I need to be daily or continually filled with the Spirit. And having been filled with the Spirit, I need to walk in the Spirit. And you and I need to walk in the Spirit. Again, don't make it complicated. In, this, in the Holy Ghost being led by the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we need to be led or instructed by the Word of God. It's very simple, and we ought not make it harder than that. We'll never be contrary to the Lord when we do that. God didn't speak one thing and mean something else. Have you ever done that? Or met people that they said something, but they really meant something else, and maybe there's some manipulation there or whatever. The Lord doesn't do that. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Everything else comes from evil, he says. It's just straightforward. I'm just going to read these Scriptures. Uh, you can look at them sometime. If you haven't really taken your time and read through Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible, every verse refers in some way or another to the Word of God. Okay? I just want to read a few here. He says, Thy testimonies, we're talking about being led by the Lord and His Spirit. Walking in the light, okay? Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. So the Word of God is what not only the psalmist delighted in, David, but they, uh, they were his counselors. The Word of God, the laws of God, the testimonies. He didn't even have the whole Bible. But what he did have from the Lord, that was what, he used, that was what led him and counseled him in life. I thought on my ways, David said, Psalm 119.59, and turn my feet unto thy testimonies. So think about that. I'm thinking about my ways. Thinking about my ways. You know what? I need to turn to God through His testimony. I need to turn my feet there and start walking in that path. Do you just do that one time in life? No, we do that continually in life. 
I thought on my ways and turned to thy testimonies. I need to see my ways and I need to see his testimonies. And that needs to be my path and turn my feet there and start walking in it. Well, what if people around you aren't walking in the testimonies of God? What if people around you aren't walking uprightly before the Lord and they've kind of diminished the importance of the Word of God? Does that mean you just kind of go with the flow? They're Christians and just walk along in that path with them? No. We consider our ways and we turn our feet to His path. Maybe you'll be leading others. Amen? But even if they're not following, you go with God. You go with the Lord. The entrance of thy words, this is verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. We're talking about walking in the light, right? The entrance of the opening up of your word. Me personally, open up the word of God and sitting humbly before it. Taking it seriously. It's not, a, it's not just poetry. It's not food for thought. It's not funny little stories about the animals on the ark. It's God's holy word. And the entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Spiritual understanding. That's what we need from the Lord. One more. We'll read more from this psalm later. Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps in your word. He's asking. He's praying that. God, do it. Ought not we to pray that? Shouldn't that be our lives? Lord, order my steps. How? In your word. There ought not to be a neglect of God's Word. There ought to be a turning to God's Word and and ordering our lives after it. People are seeking seeking after after peace. They're seeking after uh, something to bring meaning to their life. Let's say lost people that don't know the Lord. Peace to their troubled minds. It's going to come through knowing Christ. It's going to come through walking in His ways. Safe people. We seek peace. As we get troubled in our minds. We get disturbed. We don't like the way things are going in our country. I don't like the way things are going in our country when I look at the news and see what's taking place uh, or in our world. Uh, there's a great peace that comes to every man and woman and young person when he or she, first of all, knows Christ as Lord and Savior. And second of all, when he or she, after knowing Christ as Lord and Savior, knows that they're in the will of God. I know that sounds very simple, but a great peace comes to our heart. Even if God sets you on a really uh, a path where your life could be very hard or difficult, and you're tired, and, and maybe nobody's gone this way before, and you're uh, blazing a trail, and it's difficult, and you're taking a lot of heat, knowing that you're in God's will, knowing that brings great peace. It makes all the difference. Wondering about it and being confused about it, we're troubled and we're tossed to and fro. And a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, the Bible says. When, even when life is difficult, there's a real joy in knowing I'm in God's will. Because in the midst of the storms of life, when life is hard, but I know I'm where God wants me to be, He gives me this peace in my heart. You're right where I want you to be. You're doing exactly what I want you to do. Well, Lord, if I was doing what you wanted me to do, it seems like it would be easier. It seems like uh, more people would see it and pat me on the back and praise me for this. Uh, It seems all those ways, but we need to know from God. You're in my will. I've got you right where I want you to be. You just stay there. I'm going to turn it around. You just watch and see what I'm going to do. But knowing where God wants you to be 
is an incredible thing. Certainly a lost person doesn't know that. They don't even know the Lord. There are a lot of saved people that don't know that or don't live that way consistently. And it's, it's priceless. I mean, it's a wonderful value to us. Uh, doesn't mean we'll never have difficulties, but there's the joy and peace in knowing I'm in God's will. I'm where the Lord wants me to be. I need another, I'll read another verse from that same psalm. Verse 119.65 Thou hast dealt well with Thy servant, O Lord, according unto Thy word. So the Lord deals with us well. He deals with us well according to His Word. The Lord by His Spirit and by His Word assures us that we're in the right place. We're in the, where God would have us to be. By His Spirit and by His Word. You know, David, with all King David, before he actually took the throne, he had been anointed by Samuel to be, be king. But there was a lot of Bible scholars say maybe 20 years. I don't know for sure. Between the time he was anointed by Samuel as a young boy to be king, and he became king. And a lot of trouble and heartache in between that time. You know, a lot of great victories like defeating Goliath and so forth. But there was times when, uh, when he was running from Saul and he's being hunted like a dog and hiding out in caves and other people that are down and outers coming out to hang with him. And, and yet, finally, after when it was time, the Lord set him on the throne and gave him peace round about. And there's one verse where he says that he, he perceived that the Lord had established his kingdom. He just said that this is of God. He just knew it. After all the troubles and trials, there was just this peace and a knowing. I knew I, I was in the will of God the whole time. And he perceived this was of the Lord. And same thing for our lives, y'all. There's going to be times in your life you scratch your head and say, well, I'm seeking God with all of my heart. I'm a Christian, but I'm, I really feel like I'm floating now, like I'm wandering, like I'm drifting, like I'm, I'm not sure what's next. I'm not sure the next step to take. But if we'll just keep our eyes on the Lord. Amen. He doesn't say keep your eyes on the, on the path or the circumstances and look for the, the little signs of God. We keep our eyes on Him. And we're to walk in the light as He is in the light. Amen. And if we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, He will assure us. He'll assure that we're in the right place. And He'll assure our hearts that we're in the right place and give us that peace. Amen? That's where He wants us to walk. And so, the Lord does not intend for His people to wander around stumbling in darkness. Do you believe that? There might be times where we feel like we are. Okay? But He's still got us. His intent for people that He's redeemed with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, is not for us to wander through life bouncing off, you know, the, the bowling where they make it really easy and they put the bumpers in the, in the gutter so you can't possibly throw a gutter ball. You know, bouncing off the rails and stuff. Or, um, God doesn't want us to, to just be wandering around but bouncing off of things. He wants us to walk in His will and to know that we're in His will. And to walk in light. When we see people, uh, there are people that are, are walking around stumbling through life. There are people that are walking around in confusion. There are people that are walking around with uncertainty, certainty and darkness. And God doesn't want His people to walk that way. That describes a lost man. That describes a lost man who doesn't know the Lord. I would call it groping and hoping. You know, groping, hoping. What's the meaning of life? I'm going to latch on to something 
uh, you know, to get me out of this addiction like Sherry was talking about, or to give fulfillment to my life, or joy to my life, or happiness. And they're groping and hoping through life. Well, Christians, God didn't intend for His people to grope in hope. He intends for us to know I'm walking in the light. I see it in the light. If I start drifting away, I see the light back over here and I can come back to the light. And the Lord calls me by His Spirit and by His Word. And I want to read this Scripture. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, kind of a description of this, groping and hoping, basically. In Isaiah 59, 9-10, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us, Talking about Isaiah was talking about his people and their sin. They had strayed from God. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity. We wait for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Now, that's a, that's a pretty bad description, right? We're, we're waiting for light and hoping for light, but behold, what do we get? Obscurity. I mean, just veiled. It's it's dark, okay? And we're waiting for these things, but yet we're waiting for the justice of God, the judgment of God. And instead, we have uh, obscurity and darkness. He says we're groping like a, a blind man. God doesn't want us to grope around like blind men. He says in Ephesians 5, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. I believe he's writing this to believers. I don't think he's saying that to a lost man. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then you, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are, are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So Christ gives the light. How do I understand what the will of God is, or His will for my life, or His will on the earth today? I'm going to know it by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to know it by the Word of God. And I'm going to have that fellowship with the Lord. And I'm going to be on the right path. Walking with the Lord. God wants His people to walk in the light. The light of Christ. It does not mean that you'll never have trouble. It doesn't mean that no point will you, will you ever question something. You know what I'm talking about? As believers right now. Are any of you uncertain about anything in your life? Right now are you not sure maybe about a next step to take? It doesn't mean that we'll never have that. It means that we know the one who does know the answer. Okay, we will have that. We most certainly will have that. And we'll have a good shepherd to lead us if we'll keep our ears tuned to him and our eyes focused upon him. Doesn't mean you'll never have questions or confusion or about to take a step off the right way and the, the wrong way. And the Lord says, ho, 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 wait up, wait up, wait up. You know better than that. What does my God, what does my word say? And he brings you back in line. Doesn't mean we'll never have uh, confusion. We're not going to live in confusion. Doesn't mean we'll never feel like things are dark. It means that 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 He's going to give us light. Christ will give thee light. He's going to give it to us, and He's going to keep us there. We need to to trust Him. Okay. Even when we don't know the answer, we know the answer. You understand? With a capital A, we're we're not uh, sure what the future holds, but we've heard it before. We know the one who holds the future. And He holds us firmly in His hands. The key is me staying in right relation with God and not letting God diminish in my sight and get the Lord sort of blended in with other circumstances and situations and influences and voices and what I want to do. Somehow the Lord's kind of come down uh, to the rest of the pack, so to speak. And God's in there somewhere and I'm still a Christian. 
but it has to be Him first and foremost and always and only. That's where I'm going to have light. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. We don't know the answer to everything, but we know one, He's never confused. The Lord's never confused. He's never dismayed. He's never at a loss. He's never frustrated. He's never unsure what, what to do next. He's never unsure what to do next in your life and for your life. He knows exactly what to do for your life. And He knows how to get you there. I want to read a story today as an example or an account from the Bible in Genesis 24. Another college and career has been uh, studying through the book of Genesis. I think that's a great, uh, absolutely wonderful study. So you'll probably remember this, those that have been attending the Bible studies. But turn to Genesis chapter 24. I'm going to read part of it and just tell part of it. But we're going to read a good part of it today. We're talking about walking in the light, knowing that we're in God's will, and that way being blessed. Our last couple of weeks, that, that, that's kind of what we've been focusing on. Just pick up in Genesis 24, we'll read 1 through 9, and then we'll skip around after that. When Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things, and Abraham said unto his eldest servant, his name was Eleazar, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son, that's Isaac, of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, unto my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence he came? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son there again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this thy oath. Only bring not my son there again. And the servant put his hand under his thigh, the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning this master, uh, this matter. And so Abraham says, I got a, a special mission for you. I'm getting old. The Lord has blessed me. I got my son Isaac. He's the son of the promise. God has promised me that uh, nations will come from, from my uh, seed. And I want you, he doesn't have a wife yet. And I'm getting old. And I want to make sure that my son does the right thing and not doesn't marry one of these Canaanite women that we're living, this land we're living in. A bunch of idolaters. They don't fear God. They don't know God. I want you to go back to my kinfolk and I want you to get a, a wife for my son there. And the servant asked a pretty good question. What if I find this pretty girl there and want to bring her back and she's not willing to come? Abraham says, first of all, in verse 7, he said, the Lord that swear unto me, uh, that I'll give you this land, he shall send his angel before thee. So that's the first sign that Abraham's saying, God's got this. God's got this. You're going on a journey. This is, this is weird. This is strange. This is, I'm going to travel and I'm packing up camels and servants and I'm going to find a woman and bring her back here. This is unheard of. I don't know. You know, this is weird. I don't know it's going to work. And the Lord said, Abraham says, first of all, the Lord's going to send His angel before you. 
And if the woman doesn't come, then you're loose from this oath. You're off the hook. You don't have to worry about it. Just don't bring my son back there again. Okay, God called us out of that land. Alright, so he goes and and the and the the servant takes ten camels and and some goods and some jewelry and things like this, and he goes to the land of Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And this was Abraham's uh, kinfolk, okay? And he brings his camels there, and there's a well of water, and so he's sitting there and he's he's praying and he sees the ladies come to uh to water their camels and to take the, the uh the time of day when the ladies that lived in that city would come. And he said, Lord, let, let it be. I'm asking for a sign here. Kind of like Gideon did with the water on the fleece, right? And not on the ground. He says, let, let it be that the damsel that comes up, if I talk to her and say, uh, can you first give me something to drink? The little lady that's coming to water the, the camels. Give me a little something to drink first. If she says, sure, I'll give you something to drink. And here, I'll get enough water for you camels too. Let that be the one that you've chosen for Abraham's son to marry. Okay, so he lays this out before the Lord. And then let's pick up it in verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. So he's still not just going through life trying to figure it out. He's calling on the Lord. I know it sounds very basic, but we don't always do that. We got two job offers. Which one pays the much most? Bam, I'll take that one. It may be that one. And if God doesn't lead you some other way, then I would say take that one. But I'm saying we got to bring the Lord into everything, right? And he says here, give me good speed today. Give me success today. All right, and uh, skip, we're going to skip all the way down to verse 26. So it happens, just like he said, this, this woman, Rebecca, comes out. He doesn't know her name at that time. He says, can I have a little water to drink first? Sure. Here, drink some water, and I'll get some water for your camels as well. And he's like, all right. And in verse 26, and the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham. I've kind of skipped ahead. Who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. He found out who the young girl was. This was perfect. This was the one. It was a kinfolk of, of Abraham's kin, kinsmen. This is the one. Everything worked out perfectly, but he turns to the Lord, just like we did at Thanksgiving. He turns to the Lord and he bowed his head and worshiped the Lord and said, blessed be the Lord. Verse 27, God of my master. And he says, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And I've thought about that verse before. Why was his way successful? Well, Abraham knew the Lord. God was being faithful to Abraham. Abraham told him an angel would go before him. But this man also called upon the Lord. And this man also was walking in the way he should be walking. He didn't say, you know what, there's a town a lot closer by. And they got some real pretty girls there. And I'll just grab one from there and I won't tell Abraham. And, you, know, make, you know, he could have thought of a million different things to do. But he says, no, I was in the way. And the way here being he was in the way he was supposed to be. He was in the way that God sent him. He was in the walking in the way of the will of God. Now, I've never been called to do something like that, nor have you. You're called to do different things in your life. 
And I'm called to do different things in my life. This might have been the highlight of Eleazar's life. This might have been something where he really came to trust in the Lord. But the point is, he was in the way that he should have been. He knew it. He asked God to bless him in the, in the way that he was going. God blessed it. He thanked the Lord for it. God used that to bring a wife to Isaac. Our Savior came through that line. Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all the way on down. A lot hinged on that. And, and here we see he worships the Lord, but he was in the way. And I'm talking today about just walking in the ways of God, knowing that we're in the right path, even if other people will tell you you're crazy, even if other believers will look at you and say, you're crazy, you're way off, you missed it. I might have missed it. But I'm going to go back to find out from God if I missed it. I can tell you that. Okay? I have missed it before. And I've asked God to forgive me. But I know that I'm, if I'm walking in the light as He's in the light, I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. I being in the way, He says, the Lord bless me. Another, another verse from that psalm we were reading, 119. Make me to go in the path of Thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Um, the Bible says, we all know the Scripture, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so, um, <clears throat> the Lord leads us. And we're in the way. Y'all, we're in the way. We need, we need to think about that. We need to keep ourselves there. And not just go through life, as I said, as a Christian, I'm talking to Christians now, I can be truly born again and go to heaven when I die, but miss a lot between here and there. I can miss a whole lot, bring a lot of shame to the Lord, bring a lot of heartache to my own self, a lot of confusion needlessly that doesn't have to be there. We'll have enough sufficient to the days, the evil thereof. We've got enough troubles just really walking with the Lord in this life, okay? Just because life is hard. But we don't need to add extra trouble and burdens to our life by getting out of His will or being confused or taking our eyes off the Lord and drifting and I wake up and I'm way over here. How did I get way over here? How do I get back? You know, and we, and we wasted a lot of time. So, walking in the light as He is in the light, y'all, it, it assures us, and I'm kind of moving to the next little step, it assures us that our fellowship is going to be truly with the Lord. I want to have fellowship with my Maker. I want to have fellowship with Almighty God. Real, intimate fellowship with the Lord. I don't want to just be a Christian. I want to have a real relationship with Him. I want, we sing that song sometimes, what breaks your heart? You know, what makes you cry? What would I see if I looked through your eyes? Y'all know that song we've sung before? Uh, I want to draw closer and closer to you to what breaks your heart will break mine too. I want to have that kind of relationship with the Lord. I want to be intimate with Him and walk with Him. And so if I'm walking in the light as He's in the light, then I have fellowship with Him. It's true, godly fellowship. It's not pretend. It's not imagined. It's real fellowship with the Lord. And God wants us to have that. If I'm walking in the light of His Word, obediently, okay? And when I sin, I ask God to forgive me. I say that's obedience as well, right? Um, I'm walking with the Lord along the way. I took my eyes off the Lord for five minutes. I stumbled. I sinned. Obedience. I can still stay in obedience by asking God to forgive me, confessing, and I keep walking with God. My fellowship is with the Lord. He wants us to have that intimate place with Him. Then I need to stay in His Word. And I need to be led by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. And so, uh, for you, 
and for me. I'm putting myself in this as believers today. Uh, if you're desiring that next thing, in other words, what's next for my Christianity? What's next for my walk with God? I want that next deeper place. I think we should all want that. And even when we get there, we should want the next one. What's the next step for my life? I've shared my testimony about my prayer life before. How God brought me from an anemic prayer life to, for what was for me, a much more full prayer life. And then He continues to do that. What's next in your life? And you say, uh, Lord, I want a closer walk with Jesus. Lord, I want to, to more clearly hear Your voice. I hear it pretty well, but sometimes I'm not sure. I want to hear the voice of my Good Shepherd perfectly or much more clearly than I do. I want to know what's your heart. I want to know, I want your part, heart to kind of beat in my heart. I want to be more like Jesus. This is going to come to our lives, each of us. I'm talking about, again, to believers. This is going to come to our lives, not contrary to God's Word. It's not going to come in some other way, other in opposition to God's Word or the Bible, uh, or outside of the truth of the Bible. Listen to me. If you're seeking the next deepest thing for your walk with the Lord, and we should, it's not going to come outside of the truth of the Scriptures. Now, this is not a whole lesson on deception. I've talked a lot about it. We'll more, I'm sure, from this pulpit. But in a little bit, I'm just touching on it. It's not you're the deeper thing that you want from the Lord. I want more faith. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I want more peace from God. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I know He loves me. I just want more peace consistently in my life. We have to let the peace of God reign and rule in our hearts. So it's going to come from the Word of God. It's not going to come some what I would call extra-biblical experience outside of the truth of the Scriptures. Eleazar wasn't going to find a wife for Isaac in some other place. He was going to find a wife for, for Isaac in the place that God told him to go. And Abraham told him to go. That's where the blessing was found, right? Thank you, Lord. It's just where you said it would be. She's just, just where you said she would be. That's where it's going to be in our lives. So we're looking for that next growth step, which we should in our lives. Uh, it's not going to come as we neglect the Word of God. David said, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. And uh, my spiritual growth and my communion with the Lord, my fellowship with Christ, and I'm bringing this to a close, is going to increase as I seek to know the Lord in His Word. And I've said it before. You'll hear people say, oh, you're putting God in a box. You're just, and that's, that's an excuse. It's a, freser, a clever little phrase to me for somebody who wants to get you away from biblical truth. Oh, you're trying to put God in a box. You're all bound up in your Bible. I don't worship my Bible. I worship the God of the Bible. And He has chosen to reveal Himself to me by His Spirit through this Word. And if you say something of God that's not found in this Word, that's, then, then I'm going to reject that. I'm not putting God in a box. He has told us. He, his self revealed Himself to us. The Bible says He's spoken to us through His Son. And the, and the Word of God reveals His Son to us. And so, uh, David says again, With my whole heart have I sought Thee. Oh, let me not wander from Thy commandments. I'm not wandering to a different path. Christians can wander. They can do it for a seemingly well-meaning thing. They want a deeper walk with God. 
and they're dissatisfied in their prayer life or their worship or whatever, and they want they want more power, spiritual power. And the temptation can be rather than hitting my knees before the Lord and praying and fasting and seeking the Lord and finding out His will and, and keeping my eyes on the Lord, the temptation can be, hey, there's a conference over here. You got to go to this over here. This is the answer. There's a revival happening over there. You got to go to that. There's this new worship group, this new music group. Not, unlike anything I've heard before, you need to follow that group. Follow them on Facebook. You know, listen to that. Follow after that. The temptation could be because that seems easier and it sounds exciting and it sounds right, easier than hitting my face before the Lord in prayer. No, I'm going I'm to keep my eyes on Jesus. He's still right there. He's going to do this work in me. I need to be patient. Maybe He's testing me. Maybe He's growing me. Maybe He's stretching me. Maybe He's causing me to pray harder than I ever have before. And then He's going to bring the answer. But I'm not leaving. I'm not departing. I being in the way, Eleazar said. I'm going to stay right in the way. And so, um, the Holy Ghost takes the things of Jesus, reveals them to us by God. By the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. And then He not only reveals the things that we're seeking for, He imparts them to us. The Lord does it. For our next step in Christ, I'm just calling that next step. We ought to be stepping, right? Growing. For our next step in Christ, uh, in our walk, in our witness, in our power, in our authority, the answer is not found in a new book, a new author, Christian author to follow, a new music group, a new teaching. New covenant theology, um, a new definition of the presence of the Lord is not found in liberation theology, that this will liberate you. It's not found in a flat earth or a round earth. It's not found uh, in anything other than the Word of God and seeking Him by faith. The Bible says no good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. How do I know that? I know it because I just quoted a scripture from Psalm 84. The Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. So I knew the Word of God, that scripture, and then I'm going to believe that. And I'm not going to chase down the road spiritually after something else. I'm going to keep my eyes upon the Lord. It's not found, uh, your next step in Christ is not found in returning to the, the church fathers. You hear this kind of talk? The mystics, the ancients, we got to go back and find out what they believe. Well, guess what? A lot of them were sinners. They were sinned in the early church. In the book of Revelation, read about the seven churches. Five of them had to be rebuked. How far back do you want to go? The Garden of Eden, Adam sinned and Eve sinned there. I'm going to need to go to the Lord. I don't need to return to the church fathers and the ancients. I can have respect to who I should have respect and give honor to whom I should give honor to, but I'm going to build my life on Christ and I'm going to keep focused on the Bible and I'm going to be filled with the Spirit and I'm going to walk in the light as He is in the light. When Christ is found and the deeper walk is found. Amen? It's found in Christ. And so uh, we don't have to make it more complicated than that. By faith, by the power of the Spirit, by His unchanging Word. And the Bible speaks of this in first, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, the simplicity that is in Christ. Aren't you glad that He makes it that way? There's me, a lost sinner, before I got saved, or you, and then there's the Lord. 
And there's my sinful heart and sinful life. And there's a Savior and a Redeemer who died on the cross for my sin, who is the Creator of the world and created me. And then I come to know Him and I walk with Him the rest of my life. And I walk with Him through the light of His Word. So I take it, I cherish it like David. I meditate on it. I have respect for it. I consider it. I esteem Your Word. I esteem Your ways. One more Scripture from, from that song. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's not a new, new worship group that's going to be, bing, that's going to be the new light bulb that comes on. Return, returning to the church fathers. Or let someone else come in and, and to redefine the presence of God. Oh, I've got to find that presence that He's talking about. And we need Christ. Where two or three gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Do I believe that God manifests His presence? Absolutely. Is it going to be some weird way that's outside of the Bible and, and people that don't even know the Lord are getting into it, so to speak? No, it's not going to be that. It's going to be through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit. It's going to be holy. God can manifest Himself however He wants, but it's going to be the Lord. And we'll know it's the Lord because we know the voice of our Good Shepherd. We know Him. And I'm walking in the light as He is in the light. Now I have fellowship one with another with you, and I have fellowship with Him. Truly our fellowship, John said, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That's where I want it to be. That's where our fellowship needs to be. Taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. I'm going to just close with a couple of Scriptures, y'all, here this morning. I'm just going to read these to you. And y'all, even even now, these altars are going to be open. Listen what David said in Psalm 36.9, For with thee is the fountain of life. So that guess what? I don't have to find under some rock or in, or in some mountain in Tibet somewhere. I don't have to go find some spiritual truth of light and life. With thee is the fountain, that's the head, the spring head, we're the all source of it. With thee is the fountain of life, in thy light shall we see light. Keep it simple. With thee is the fountain of life, in thy light shall we see light. Period. Wonderful scripture. Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. What voice is that? It's the voice of the one who loves you. It's the voice of the God who speaks through His Word and speaks to our hearts through His Word and reveals the truth of Christ to us through His Word by the Holy Spirit. That voice, when I start turning to the right, or start turning to the left, you can say, no, no, here's the way. Walk in it. Where is it, Lord? It's right here. We can ask Him a thousand times. He won't get disgusted with us. Right here. I have to ask Him every day. Here's the way. Walk in it. Stay right here. Keep your eyes on me. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Just stay right here with me. It's going to be okay. I've got you. Well, Lord, it seems like I'm going the wrong way. It seems like a dead end. Everybody else is going that way. Even other Christians said I should go that way. And he said, no, just stay with me. I'm taking care of them. I'm taking care of them over there. I'm taking care of you. Keep your eyes on me. You can come and the altars are open. And I thank the Lord, y'all. This is a simple message this morning. It's about having true fellowship with God. And it's going to come as we walk in the light. The light of His Word. The light of His Spirit. And it's going to come and our fellowship with other believers will be just right. And our fellowship with the Lord will be just right. And between here and there, here in heaven, 
however many days that is, we want to be on the right. I just want to take the next step where he wants me to take. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm not worried about that. The blood of Jesus has taken care of that for me. But I want to be in the right place today. When I wake up Monday morning, if the Lord wakes us up, I want to be in the right place Monday. I want to share the gospel with who He wants me to tomorrow or hold my peace and not say anything if He doesn't want me to. You understand what I mean? I want to be right where He wants me to be every step of the way. And it's not impossible. Sherry gave the Scripture. It's impossible with men, but it's not impossible with God. He's able to save us and He's able to lead us and guide us. All through the way. Y'all stand with me this morning. Y'all, the altars are open. You pray at your chair. You find a place in the back. You find some place to meet with the Lord. And let's call upon the Lord. Have you, have you drifted it off from the Lord? Do you feel like you've gotten off course? Not that you're not saved or you've you know, rejected Christianity, but do you feel that you're not hearing the Word of God as clearly as you should? Do you feel like you're not having that intimate fellowship with the Lord, maybe like you once did or like you want to have? Do you feel like God, and I believe this for every one of us, y'all, that God is stirring you to take the next step, whatever it is, for your life? It's going to be wonderful, okay? It's going to be wonderful. Whatever the next step is in Christ is going to be wonderful. And if He's stirring you and leading you to that, then respond. If you don't even know what it is, because maybe you're you're drifted from the Lord. God, what is it for me? What's next for my life? Let's call upon the Lord and take a few moments to worship the Lord this morning. Think about those uh, pianos all tuned to that one tuner. If we're all tuned to Christ, we're going to be where we need to be. Amen.